You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on this season of Bachelor in Paradise and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 313. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. We got a great show for you today. Katrina Badowski from Pilot Pete's season of The Bachelor. She only lasted one night, but as I always say, everyone's got a story, and I really like Katrina's. It's why I reached out to her. That's why I wanted to have her on the podcast, and I hope you all enjoy hearing her story today because there's more to somebody than just lasting one episode on The Bachelor, and Katrina definitely has a story for that. So uh, we will get to her momentarily. I do want to talk about some sponsors today. We've got a lot of them couple that you're very familiar with. First off, Green Chef. Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, just looking for more, eat more balanced meals. Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. They're so convenient and easy. This holiday season, choose Green Chef for premium balanced recipes that support your wellness goals and taste good too. Choose fast and fit for meals under 700 calories and ready in 25 minutes or less. Green Chef's pre-made and pre-measured sauces, dressings, and spices get you more chef-curated flavor in less time. And you know me. I'm not the greatest chef in the world, but Green Chef makes it so easy for me. I made the crispy southern chicken. It says the cook time for this is 30 minutes. I made it in 28. How about that? I beat them. Now, it tasted excellent, and I'm not a good cook at all, but they make it so easy for you. These pictures, the ingredients, they tell you everything you'll need. They tell you how to make it. Very, very simple. I love the crispy southern chicken, the spicy beef and broccoli noodle bowls I like, the pork with apple and raisins. That's to die for as well. These are all great meals. You got to check it out. Go to greenchef.com. We have a new code. Had a old code in the past. We've got a new code now. Go to greenchef.com slash realitysteve599 and use code realitysteve599 to get $5.99 per meal on your first box and your first box ships free. That's greenchef.com slash realitysteve599. Use the code realitysteve599 for $5.99 per meal on your first box and your first box ships free. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Also, we've got Dame products. They are here all the time. We love Dame products, and they've got their introductory vibrator, the dip. Whether the dip is your first vibrator or the toy that helps you rediscover what feels good for you, it's designed to be unintimidating and to encourage pleasure exploration without shame. At only $49, Dip is widely accessible vibrator with exceptional performance. With its one-button control and five intensity settings, Dip is an easy entry-level vibrator. It can be used both internally and externally, allowing you to explore what feels good for you. And hey, it's waterproof and has medical-grade silicone and is whisper-quiet, all for just $49. I've told you guys this. I've been telling you this for months when it comes to Dame products. I send them to my female friends. They absolutely love them. A couple of them in the reality TV world have told me it is better than the real thing. I might be throwing shade at some exes of theirs, but hey, 
They love the product. They I, they keep asking me, "Is Dame sending you any more stuff?" Because um, uh, don't you send it my way again? I'm I'm enjoying this. So, go to dameproducts.com. Use promo code RealityC. That'll get you fifteen percent off your first order. So that's dameproducts.com. Promo code RealitySteve to take fifteen percent off your first order. So, guys, before we get to Katrina, got some things to go over. Obviously, the daily roundup is up. It should be in your Reality Steve podcast feed if you want to check that out. Today, we talk about quite a few things. Get to some things I didn't talk about in yesterday's daily roundup in regards to Tuesday's episode of Bachelor in Paradise. Kind of my thoughts on the whole NC Andrew Desenia thing, Becca and Thomas coming down to the beach, which is kind of in the same vein as Ashley and Jared. The show seems to be taking a lot of liberties with quote unquote successful couples from the show. Like, yes. Ashley and Jared married with a child makes sense. Becca and Thomas engaged now, but these people just met on paradise. We've already been over the Ashley and Jared stuff. Do we not forget that the fact that Becca broke up with Thomas on the beach last season, granted it was probably producers getting in her ear because he was the villain on Katie's season. They got in her ear, told her to do it. And we know from their story, they've talked about it numerous times post-show They got in touch with each other basically right when they got back from filming. I think Becca reached out to him and they started talking like like a week after filming ended or something like that. And they've been together ever since. And now, obviously, we know they're engaged. But just this whole idea of (laughs) they love talking about these successful couples and bringing them back that actually broke up on the beach. I, I mean, let's face it. Jared and Ashley's time on Bachelor in Paradise was miserable in terms of them being a couple. It didn't work with them as a couple. It worked as them as a couple post-show. So just my thoughts on that. Um, I updated you yesterday in the daily roundup in regards to the Aaron Clancy story. I put it in my column yesterday. If you haven't seen that, go check that out in the column. It's a conversation between two women who realized they were being played by Aaron while he was away filming in Mexico. Amy and Beth are the names that I use because I'm not going to reveal their identities since they are not Bachelor Nation people. But I have a mini update as well in the uh, Aaron story. No, a a third woman did not come forward uh, and say, hey, I was part of that too. No, nothing like that. But just more of Aaron behavior. Basically, someone sent me a picture from May 17th of this year of Aaron at dinner at Island Prime in San Diego with a woman. They didn't know who the woman was, but they assumed it was either Amy or Beth because I haven't revealed their faces either. And uh, the picture is of Aaron with Amy at dinner at Island Prime on May 17th of this year. And actually, if you go to Aaron's Instagram feed and you go to his May 18th post, there is a four carousel picture. And the first picture is him at dinner. It's at Island Prime. Clearly, the woman sitting across from him is the one that took the picture. I sent it to Beth yesterday in a text message, and I'm saying, hey, look at what someone just sent me. She's like, that's hilarious because looking at my calendar, I left that morning to go back east on May 17th, and look at that. It didn't take him more than 10 hours to immediately call back up Amy and go to dinner with her. And the emailer who took the picture said they were very lovey-dovey. They were holding hands. So, again, this is nothing new. He, he got caught. He's been exposed. I wish he would change his behavior, but he's not going to listen to me. I can say it till I'm blue in the face. Um, it seems to be who he is. I mean, this is what he does. The guy can't seem to be alone. And I think he really needs to work on himself before he actually gets into a relationship. And I think what he's doing to Amy right now 
is um, I, I feel bad for Amy that she's clearly been lied to. She's know she's been lied to. You read that conversation between Amy and Beth yesterday in my column in their Instagram DMs to each other. She clearly was like, I'm done with this guy. But he came back from filming and whatever he said, certainly sweet talked uh, his way back into her life. And they're together now as she posted those pictures last week. They're very close. And I feel bad for her because she's going to unfortunately find out the hard way when somebody else, the new bright, shiny object in Aaron's eye comes along. He will cast away Amy just like he's casted away everybody else, just like he cast away Genevieve, he casted away Beth. It's the way he is now. It just it sucks. You know, I wish he would do better. That's all you can hope for. But doesn't sound like that guy's looking to learn or grow in uh, any way, shape, or form. So, fortunately, that's it. And I also talk a little bit about Survivor and the challenge and this whole Taylor Swift ticket debacle. That's all uh, on the Daily Roundup. That should be in your podcast feed as we speak. All right, a couple more sponsors for you before we get started with this um, podcast with Katrina. This sponsor was with me a while ago, I want to say three or four years ago, and they are back. And is it is one of the best ideas that I think you guys are going to love for the holiday season. Obviously, you spend a lot of time with loved ones in the holidays. Chances are you can hear a lot of stories, the ones you love to hear, the ones you've heard a thousand times. But have you ever wanted to help that loved one document those timeless stories? It can be challenging to write an entire life book of memories, but StoryWorth makes it fun and easy. This is how anyone can write a book about their life. StoryWorth every week is going to email your loved one a single life-related question that you can pick from your collection, which is like, what's the bravest thing you've ever done? Where it's the farthest you've ever traveled? Stuff like that. All they have to do is reply with a story. Then after one year, StoryWorth compiles all of your loved one's stories, memories, and even any photos that they wanted to attach, and they put it into an exquisite hardcover book creating a valued keepsake. Millions of stories have already been told with StoryWorth because they make the process so simple. Get started with your loved one for the holidays, and before you know it, you'll be both cherishing those timeless stories for generations to come. This is a great, great holiday gift. My family has done it. My mother loves to tell stories. She even did the StoryWorth. you got to be consistent with it. It's going to send you emails all the time, and all you got to do is respond to the email and just tell a story and they will keep everything for a year, and then they put it all into one hard-covered book. It is a great holiday gift. You guys got to get in on this. Help your family share their story this holiday season with StoryWorth. Go to storyworth.com slash Steve today and save $10 on your first purchase. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H.com slash Steve to save $10 on your first purchase, storyworth.com slash Steve. And also, we've got First Leaf Wines. Do you like to unwind with my podcast with a nice glass of wine? I'm sure you do. You should if you're not working out or running or something like that. You don't need to be doing that while drinking. But First Leaf makes it simple to discover new wines that you'll love. They learn your tastes, then deliver quality wines right to your door. Forget driving to the wine shop. Forget shopping by the label. Forget overspending bottles you don't like. You don't need that. With First Leaf, you rate each wine you receive with a simple thumbs up or a thumbs down. Then their experts will send you personalized selections with new and exciting bottles in every single box. In fact, First Leafs can recommend wines you will love with 96% accuracy. As your tastes evolve, 
so will the wines that you receive. And if you're not completely satisfied with the bottle, First Leaf will credit you for another. That is wine made simple. This is something that if you take the time to fill out their questionnaire and take all the stuff you like about wines and answer their questions, you are going to get wines that are going to suit you perfectly. I did it, and it's a perfect gift, another great gift for the holiday season. Filling out this questionnaire, though, is key. You've got to spend some time on it to tell them exactly what you like in your wines, and you will get a box of six wines that you will absolutely love. So sign up today, and you'll get your first six bottles for $39.95 plus free shipping. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash realitysteve. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash realitysteve to get your first six bottles for $39.95 plus free shipping. Tryfirstleaf.com slash realitysteve. All right, let's get going. Here it is, podcast number 313. All right, let's bring her in. Uh, You saw her on Peter Weber's season of The Bachelor, albeit briefly. It is Katrina Badowski. Katrina, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Steve? I'm good. I uh, I, I wanted to have you on uh, for a couple reasons, and this is one of the reasons that I do my podcast and talk to former contestants, because... Not everybody gets a lot of time on the show. You were someone who got eliminated the first night. So you're like, well, why are you having a first night girl on your podcast? And because Mm -hmm. my thing is everybody's got a story and you have a story and you have a background and a story that you have going on now that I think is really interesting. And it's kind of like we will talk about The Bachelor, but since you literally lasted one night, there isn't a ton to say about it, but your story is much more than that. So... Um, that's one, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on. Cause I do think you have a really interesting and good story and stuff that I want to know uh, a little bit more about in just kind of doing some research and diving into it. So, but we will start off with bachelor stuff. Obviously you were on Peter season. Had mm-hmm. you, had you watched, um, Hannah's season where you're like, okay, this is, this is a guy that I want to sign up for. How did you go about getting cast on this show? Oh, my gosh. Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me. Love to chat. Um, talking about Bachelor stuff, obviously, Peter's season was a few seasons ago now, yeah. so I'm having to kind of dust off the cobwebs in my brain and rethink about everything. But um, to answer your question, the whole process, I was actually nominated by some girlfriends that were avid fans of the show. I had never watched the show before, but I was the single friend. So they were like, okay, this is fun. Let's do it. And one thing led to another. I ended up, you know, getting flown out to LA for interviews and then ended up getting offered to uh, be a contestant. I had at that point started researching, you know, what am I getting myself into? Um, Who are the potential bachelors that I could be, you know, trying to fall in love with and I uh some some names that came up were Tyler Cameron um Peter Weber Mike Johnson and Peter like I I think he's a great person we're friends but he, he was my third on the ranking of those three just for potential love interest and what I know that I'm attracted to um I was really hoping for Mike Johnson or Tyler and then um I think it it got announced that it was Peter like after I had already been casted and I remember I was putting a lot on the line to go on the show you know with having a job and having to put that on pause and 
And um, I remember saying to my girlfriends, like, should I really go through with this? If this is someone I don't think I'm going to have a connection with. And they're like, no, you have to do it. See it through. You never know what could happen. So I, and I'm a firm believer of that. So I did decide to go through with it and um, give it my best shot. See, you know, at least just show up and see what it's like. Yeah. Um, so that, that, you know, I was open to, to meeting Peter and seeing what could happen. Weren't you in the dental or medical field at the time when you applied? That was your job? I was. I was, yes. And um, it's funny because the way that they advertised me, they decided to um, promote my other career, which is more of a side gig. You know, it's not how I pay the bills, but I was dancing for the Chicago Bulls most recently at that time. Yeah, uh, you were like the NBA dancer where it's just like, okay, anybody that knows anything about that industry knows that every single NBA dancer has a day... (laughs) has a daytime yes. job and you dance yes. for fun on the side because you don't make yeah. diddly squat doing those games. Right. I mean, it is a more interesting uh, job title. So yeah, for sure. I, it's fine. And this, and <laughs> this show, have... and this show loves to have uh, free reign with job titles. You know, they love to right. make things. That's what I've picked up on. <laughs> yeah. So um, your thing on the first night, which it's, it's memorable for sure. Um, oh, yes. You, you had told, you had walked up to Peter and you told him you wanted to talk to him about your hairless pussy cat. And then, yeah. you know, you have it. You have a sphinx named Jasmine who is part of your Instagram. Everybody, I think Jasmine has her own Instagram page, correct? Um, she she does. And actually, it's so funny. I recently logged in and asked for, like, the birthday. And I put her birthday. And then it blocked because, like, she's only five years old. And five-year-olds can't have Instagram. And so <laughs> I was just like, I, I have to, like, go to instagram jail to get it out but i just haven't had the time so but she's actually here with me right now she's just keeping me company on this call (laughs) so when you it was that something that production talked you into saying or is it something that you thought would be clever was that your idea or no i mean i'm so like passionate about jasmine and i know it's like a goofy gimmicky thing but my initial intentions was to to Say something a little more classy, a little more, um, you know, there's multiple sides to people. I'm a multifaceted person. I can, I have a good sense of humor, but that wasn't going to be what I wanted to, you know, have my lead lead with, leading (laughs) with our first basically impression of you. Yeah. Yes. They are very strong handed about what they want in your intro so you know one thing led to another i didn't didn't really have a choice but they kind of make you feel like you're a part of it and you you know the way that they they pump you up and make you feel like it's the best thing so (laughs) it's fine i have no regrets about it and then you went in your time with him at the cocktail party on the first night you Mm -hmm. showed him pictures right that was your thing or you just Um, told him i just i had a photo um that i showed him like in my intro um, I can't remember right now if like it showed up in the shot or not. I, but we didn't talk about Jasmine at all the rest of the night. It was just the little gimmicky intro. Okay. So, so yeah. So that was I mean, that was it. I mean, that was your night. I mean, I guess I could ask obviously in in a in a mansion of thirty women, twenty nine other women you're standing around based on any sort of vibe you got from Peter, did you think you'd at least make it through the first night or were you like, I don't think I'm I getting don't- a rose? I really thought I was. Oh, okay. I was so surprised when I didn't. And I mean, I was a little turned off by the fact that I was not prioritized to have time with him because, I mean, it's very produced. They have who they want to 
you know, film connections with and stuff. And I, I kept getting pushed to the side. You'll have your time. You'll have your time, you know? Um, and I eventually did get my time and it was good. Um, I just, I don't know. I just thought that I, I, I hate to think like, Oh, I'm sizing myself up in a room. I'm just a very confident person. And I, I thought that like, Oh, for sure. Like, I don't know. I feel like my feminine energy, I have like good charisma. I would, he would at least want to, you know, get to see more of me, but that ended up not being the case, even like down to the last rows. I'm like, this is me. This is obviously me. And then even, <laughs> even after the first row, the last rose was passed out. I was in my head, even like, they're going to do something where he changes his mind and it's going to become drama. Like, Oh, switch who gets the rose and I will get to stay. But that didn't happen. I was like looking back, like, are you sure? But yeah. Did you re- do you remember who got it last? The last rose that night, that first night. I don't. Do you? No, I don't remember. I mean, obviously, it's off, it's obviously also different what actually happened in real time versus what was shown. That is true. That <laughs> so is true. I don't even remember who it was shown got the last rose that that yeah. first night. I'm trying to remember your season with drama and villains. Um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I would think they would give it to somebody who did something on the first night that was somewhat questionable that had yeah, the audience I think going. Yeah, like the standouts in night one that for that kind of content was like McKenna, Kelsey, Hannah. Um, I think Hannah got the the first, or the, what is that, Rose, the first impression Rose. Yeah, Hannah, um, Hannah Ann got first impression Rose, yeah. And you, so, you know the special thing about that? Do you know that Hannah Ann is the only person in the history of the Bachelor, not Bachelorette, but the only person, the only woman in the history of The Bachelor, 26 seasons, I think the 27th season is filming now, So, uh-huh. or at the time. It still hasn't happened since. Um, the only one who got the first impression, Rose, that he ended up choosing at the end. Wow. Yeah, I did not even realize that. Yeah, not she's that the that only one. Because, you know, it doesn't last. Yeah. But, but for the show... Yeah, and they, yeah. And they didn't even last for two months. I mean, yeah. I mean, exactly. it's right. just shows like it's crazy how. But the thing is, I mean, I don't know if you know this. The opposite effect is kind of the way it works for Bachelorette. They had a they had a string of four seasons in a row where the guy who got the first impression rose was ended up being the guy who won. I think that means that women have a good eye for what they want. Yeah, and they take it more. Yeah. I think they take it more seriously than the bachelors do. I mean, yeah. I, I think I think it's I think it's kind of known that even relationships that has fa- that have failed on the Bachelorette mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. tend to last a little bit longer once the show mm-hmm. is over. Now, granted, I say that as we speak, and two hours ago it came down that Gabby and Eric broke up, and I saw that. <laughs> But this season, with this past season, the exception because they didn't last. You know, Rachel and Tino didn't last long at all. Gabby and Eric didn't last long at all. But overall, um, even ones that break up seem to last uh, a hell of a lot longer than mm-hmm. than Bachelor does. So, mm-hmm. so this was interesting. Your season filmed end of 2019. It starts airing in January yes. of 2020, and um, you know you're gone the first episode, which is the first Monday in January, but. Mm-hmm. Once you're off the show, you can then kind of resume any sort of um, life online. Like you can still obviously live your life, but you can't really yeah. post stuff. Like before, before your episode aired, if you had been out on a date from the time you were eliminated in September through December, you're technically not allowed to right. talk about it. You know, you can't post right. about it. You can, but you can still have a private life. Anyway, right. so 
February of your season rolls around. You've been off the show for a month, and we see a story out there that you are on a Valentine's Day date dinner uh, with Chris Bukowski, and I think either before or after you guys had also attended a wedding as 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 dates mm-hmm. of each other. How mm-hmm. did that all come about? And I, before you answer, I do want to say this. I think however your answer is, I want to take full credit for it because I know <laughs> – I know for a fact when I was able to find all the women on Peter's season once they, you know, they do the release, <laughs> I put it out there into the world that, hey, if it doesn't work out with this girl uh, for Peter, she needs to, you know, match up with Chris Bukowski. They literally live in Chicago. They practically have the same <laughs> last name. He's Bukowski. You're Badowski. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this has to happen. And then all of a sudden in February of 2020, it yeah. did. So how did it come about? You manifested it. I know. So funny. And I did see that. I did see that from you online <laughs> way before. Yeah, I think like as soon as I got home when all that stuff flooded my phone. Um, but how it came about, essentially, we have mutual friends that weren't even really like Bachelor World related. Um, well, I guess kind of. A girl that I cheered with in the NFL, Kayla, is now married to JJ. To JJ, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. And um, they live in Denver, and so they knew Chris, and I, I think, like, they had just talked with Chris about me. Chris ended up reaching out to me, um, and then we ended up, you know, connecting, uh, meeting up, and hanging out, things like of that nature. And the, the Valentine's Day thing, actually, that was, like, we never really, we didn't really officially date. We were, like, you know, friends and friends with benefits kind of thing, but... It was um, honestly going to be a group dinner on Valentine's Day, weirdly enough. Like, I think Clay was supposed to be there, Kelly, and then it kind of dwindled just the two of us. So um, so that's how that happened. And oh. we did go to a couple weddings together, actually. One uh, at both in Denver. Um, I have a couple friends that got married, and um, so it was a perfect situation. We what, had fun. Was it JJ's wedding? It wasn't JJ's wedding that you guys it went was. to? It was. The first one was. Oh, it was. Okay. Yep. Oh, okay. So then what ended up happening? Just one of these things that just well, fizzled? you know, just because COVID happened and everyone was That's quarantining right. and, you know, people were going through a lot at that time, like personally. And it just, yeah, it just fizzled. Like really no huge explanation or story um, wasn't like compatible in that way for it to last past, you know, all the quarantining and stuff. Yeah, that's right. Because um, it was, we, you know, we're still friends. So, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird because it happened. Like when I was looking back on, it, I was like, oh wait, they were dating right before COVID hit. COVID hits in March, so it's like, okay, mm-hmm. that definitely puts a strain on anybody. Now, at least you guys were in the same city, so it wasn't like you had to travel. But for whatever reason, you know, like you said, doesn't yeah. work. Things fizzle, doesn't work out. Yeah. Um, so I think one of the things with you as well, and um. You're someone that's been pretty outspoken on your Instagram when situations or issues have come up within the franchise. You had a you had a post that I thought was really interesting. I don't know the date of it. I did screenshot it so I could at least um, mm-hmm. kind of look at it. it Maybe yeah. did I see the date on this? No, I don't. Anyway, but basically this came out. Um, oh, I can see the post after it. So the post after it was March 3rd of 2021. So this was before March 3rd of 2021, probably okay. within a couple of weeks. And you had a really long post talking about your struggles 
with the Bachelor franchise and how you kind of had been turned off to it by the way people have been treated. I think one of the um, one of the sentences you wrote was, my emotions about the Bachelor franchise have been brewing inside me for over a year. The manipulation of contractual agreements and holding potential future opportunities over our heads has admittedly and shamefully kept me erring on the side of silence. Um, tried hard to like the franchise, briefly being a part of it, but... Basically, like you just said, I just can't anymore. I've watched a couple episodes here and there, but I'm turned off to it. Um, mm-hmm. Is that something that you still hold true to this day? If you think things have gotten better, do you think they've gotten worse? Where do you stand with Ooh. the show and how they've handled things? Yeah, just brushing off the cobwebs again. <laughs> um, because it's just not a part of my life anymore. I don't really think about it. Um and I, I, I do try to be respectful because I do have friends that I'm connected with that are really involved in the Bachelor franchise, and I want to be supportive of them. I don't want anyone to take anything personally. It's just, you know, isn't for me. I don't watch it. Um, I've unfollowed a lot of accounts that I had originally, you know, followed back that were fan accounts and this and that just because I don't like it taking over my feed. I, just for me personally, I think it's kind of brain rotting in a way. Like, yeah. it's especially how I know, you know, how not real it is. It's just kind of, I'd rather spend my time doing, I, I don't mean to come across as like righteous or I'm holier than thou. I'm not, I have my own junk shows I watch too, but that it just doesn't do it for me. I'd yeah. rather do spend my time with other things. I mean, there's, there's plenty of people that have been on the show, have been in your boat and feel the same exact way. Like it's just not, something that they care to follow anymore. I mean, it's, there's, it's perfectly normal. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, I think it's just, you know, I mean, look, it has turned out roses for certain people in the franchise. It's had let is had, it has led to great opportunities for some people. And then some people just get thrown aside and it's just like, it's almost like you can't even pinpoint. Why did this person succeed off of this? And this person didn't. And it's just, yeah, and maybe it is a little personal because it, it, you know, it was a not a pleasant experience to go through all that. But I never try to convince anybody like, oh, don't watch this show; it's terrible. Or why do you, you know, I would never do that. I just kind of keep it to myself and fill my time with other things. But I know that it's it's a theme sometimes. Did they ever contact you? Obviously, that summer was the one season that Paradise was canceled. So a lot of right, uh, Peter's of it's like the worst season to be on. <laughs> yeah. Lot of, I mean, Peter's season ended up being obviously like just an absolute <clears throat> train wreck, both on the air and off the air with everything going on. But yeah. that summer <clears throat> would have been the season where, <clears throat> excuse me, would have been a season where most of the women from Peter's season would have ended up being on yeah. Paradise. So that gets pushed to the next summer. Were you ever contacted in the future about, hey, would you be interested in going on Paradise? Was it ever thrown out to you or no? I was invited to women tell all and I know that, you know, it's this thing, it's like a pipeline, you know, like, Oh, like if you go, if you're invited to women tell all you, you can have more opportunities. But that, I mean, I think ever since that day, the door was just completely shut for me. I think, um, I, they kind of, um, lured me there by saying like, Oh, you just have to be yourself. It's not hard. Like, like they went out of their way to say that. (laughs) And then I show up and they're like, okay, you have to be, confrontational you have to you know what are you going to say that's going to cause like drama essentially yeah. and i was like well I, don't, I i mean i'm happy to say something i believe but i i don't i don't know i'll see how the conversations go like i I'm, i don't want to be a puppet and as soon as i said that 
phrase. Yeah. Like the producer just completely like her energy just changed and she's like, okay, well, you know, and I still like, I thought that I did really well at women's hall. Obviously none of it showed, but they actually, they used my voice and made it seem like someone else said what I said, which is so funny how they do that. But, um, so I have not heard anything about bachelor in paradise. I did get a call in an interview about bachelor in paradise, Canada. Um, Mm. and then I did get an interview for an MTV reality TV show at one point, but Nothing in the uh, Bachelor franchise here in the States. It's funny because, you know, they're asking you at the Women Tell All to say or do something that's going to, you know, ruffle some feathers or whatever the case may be. But here you are as someone who literally didn't live it. You were there for one night. So anything that you said would have just been like something that you viewed while watching the season, which never Uh really would have given you full context anyway. It would have just been... So I I don't want to make an ass of myself. I wouldn't want to speak on something I wasn't there, but they they don't care about that. They just want, yeah, they just want you to, they just want somebody to say something that's going to get under somebody's skin. So there could be a, a back and forth and women yelling at each other. I mean, that's, that's what they do. Uh, it's what it is. It's what the show has become. And unfortunately that's what they thrive off of. So when I come, I just come from an environment of like where women, do the opposite of that being on dance teams you have to know how to work well with women give women grace like see the best in, you know like of course like there's drama in that too but it's just not handled the way that it, they want it to explode well it's it's um, it's just that. kind of it's kind of funny when the show does the things that they do and they talk about anti-bullying and they want people to be nicer online to the contestants when the yeah. bottom line is that they promote women hating on women on that show. Like, let's not right. let's not pretend they don't. This right. is what they do. They thrive off it. They want women to right. talk shit about other women in the ITMs or else they wouldn't right. have a show, you know? So right. it's very hypocritical yeah. for them to be like, oh, we, we take anti-bullying and we don't like this and you don't need to do it. We're going to monitor our comment section now. It's like, shut the fuck up. We all know right. what you guys are about. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I agree. All right. Let's, um, let's move forward to a, a few things that I want to talk about with you. This is like like I said, way more interesting than anything batch related having to do with you. The first thing, obviously you brought it up earlier is the fact that you are a former Chicago Bulls dancer and you're a Kansas city chiefs dancer. I'm assuming you're somebody who's probably danced since like she was three or four or five years old. Like you've probably been dancing your whole life. I assume. Yes, that's true. Is this something that you had little one like ballet as a kid and, yeah, yeah. My, well, my parents put me in every sport imaginable, like softball, swimming, soccer, basketball. And I was always, like, the tyke on the team. So I never really felt, like, good at those sports, you mm. know, because like, size matters with, like, basketball, for example. Um, dance class was, like, the only place where that doesn't, you know, that doesn't impact how well you can do. Um, and I just had fun with it. So that was, like, the one sport that I always held on to that I really enjoyed and wanted my parents to put me in more of. So, um, yeah, I pretty much just danced my whole life and got to high school, did the whole high school dance team. Oh, the, the, the dance team pipeline is like high school dance team, college dance team, yeah. and then pro. Um, so I was fortunate enough to do pro for six years in my 20s. So you were a dancer. I know you went to uh, Loyola Chicago, correct? Yes. The Ramblers. All right. Go Ramblers. <laughs> and you were on the dance team there. Correct. 
So this would have been what year? I'm okay. So this was you were before the runs to the, in the NCAA tournament. Like you were before Correct. Sister Jean and yeah, all this stuff. I was um, I was in Kansas City at that point. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, but so what was first, Bulls or Chiefs? Chiefs was first. I tried out. I was 21. I was still in college in Chicago. It was my final semester. Um, was flying back and forth and made it. So as soon as I graduated, I moved to Kansas City. Yeah. And how many years did you do Chiefs? Five. Oh wow! I didn't realize you were a five-year dancer with the Chiefs. Now this is again mm-hmm. we talk. I I mentioned it briefly, but this is a this is a job that while you do get paid for it, it's very minimal and it's very taxing in terms of the hours you have to put into practice. You don't get paid to practice; you get paid for games and appearances, right? And we've we've seen over the years cheerleaders from NFL teams basically filing suit against. Um the teams or the coaches or something like that because of the poor treatment that they get for the amount of time you have to put in. Did you find it rewarding or was it kind of a means to an end for you to be like, I want to do the Chiefs dancing. I'll do it as long as I can, but I hope it leads to you know something else. Yeah, I will correct you on one comment you made. We yeah. did get paid for practices. Oh, you did? Um, oh, okay. I don't know how it was in the decades before us, but you know they were getting to a place of, of – you know, being a little more ethical in their treatment of the employees that are the cheerleaders. Um, and I know even since I've been on the team, like I've been hearing loads of improvement. We actually have alumni weekend coming up, so I'm excited to get back um, near the organization. But um, no, it was extremely fulfilling for me. Oh my gosh, like those were like glory years for sure. Um, just like to be able to accomplish those dreams as a dancer, but then. I also made so many genuine friendships that I'm, I'm still, they're my best friends today. Um, I'm actually going to Kansas city after my time here in Los Angeles, just to spend a little time out there. I'll always have connections there because of being a cheerleader and my teammates. So, um, yeah, it was like all the above. So what was the change from Kansas city to the bulls? Like you just decided, I don't want to do the chiefs anymore. I want to, I want to go dance for an NBA team, or how did it work? I felt like I had done everything that I wanted to do um, in Kansas City and with the Chiefs organization. I felt really like good about that closure. Um, but it, I'm from Chicago, and it had been my dream since I was a child to be a lovable. Like I hmm. remember that my dad would take me to games to see uh, Michael Jordan play, yeah. and I would just be watching the dancers and eating nachos. Like I. I was so fixated. Like, so to to audition and be a part of the team was a very full circle moment for me. Um, always wanted to do NBA. It's a different style of dance too. So, um, got to fulfill that. Now, how many years did you do Bulls? I did it for one year, and then I came back and did the All Star Weekend um, because it was hosted in Chicago. Okay. Were you on the Bulls dance team the year that one clip went viral where the mascot asked one of the dancers to marry him like did the engagement oh my thing gosh. <laughs> i've seen that no that was before my time that was before you okay i remember seeing that all the time that popped up a lot it still pops yeah, up it every once in a while viral on YouTube. Yeah. yeah i don't think they ended up getting married actually oh they didn't <laughs> i don't think i i, I 
just know her peripherally. I don't think that wedding ended up occurring. Oh. I could be mistaken, but that's she's not too, married now. <laughs> that's too bad. Because um, the guy went all out. I mean, if you're going to dress up like the bull mascot. Yeah, and, I mean, not not all out as these shows that we're talking about here. That Those those don't last either. So yeah, there's, exactly. a on, there's a theme on this call. Exactly. Um, okay, so once you did bulls, and you were done with Bulls, exact, and then that was kind of leading into Bachelor, or how how much yes, time was in, yes. in there? It, it was within the same week that I decided I wasn't going to audition again. Um, it was it was a very hard time for me because I was still felt like I wasn't done dancing, um, but the coach at the time, I just I couldn't I couldn't stand to dance under her anymore. Mm. Um, so I just like trusted the universe and like okay. Um, and then in that same week is when my friends nominated me for the show. So then that became my new kind of like focus, uh, you know, leading up to going to the show. And then once you were off the show work wise, did you go back? I, obviously you didn't go back dancing for any team, but did you go back to the medical or dental world or no? I did, yeah, oh, yeah. They, they were very supportive. They allowed me to take a leave. Um, which I obviously ended up not being gone for very long. Yeah. Um, and so then I had my job when I came back. So after that, and I think, I don't even know at what point that this happened, but I know this is a, a point of your life that I got to believe is probably one of the best things that you've ever done is you got to work with the special Olympics and you got to be a coach for the U S national team for special Olympics for the palm division. Tell me how that all came about. Yeah, so um, in in St. Charles, well, that's where my um, my parents live. There's a there's the U.S. Nationals team that they represent USA at the Special Olympics um, cheer competition, and um, one of the coaches went to high school with my brother, knew about me and my career with dance and choreography. And um, reached out and asked if we could chat. And one thing led to another. And it just felt like such a an awesome right thing in that point of my life. It was it became a, a little passion project of mine. So I helped the team choreograph their palm routine, which because that's a different category than regular cheer, that the coaches only had cheer experience. They needed someone with some dance experience to collaborate with. Um, so I just joined their coaching team and. Um, help them put together routines, teach the routines, um, run practices, things like that. So that was so much fun. I really enjoyed my time. I miss them. Um, and uh, always I'm cheering them on from afar. I was going to say, like, that's got to be about one of the most rewarding things that you can do. I mean, doing any sort of work for the Special Olympics, but uh, to do something like that uh, for a cheer team, is it something that you would think maybe in the future you could you know, volunteer for again? Cause I don't, I don't think you were paid for something like that. I'm assuming that's volunteer work. Yeah, it is. Um, it's definitely something I would do again. It's not at the forefront of mine currently, um, like coaching or choreo- choreography at, at this point, like it has been in, um, other chapters of my life, but it's something that I could always come back to. And I think dance will always be a part of my life at some capacity. I just being a part of a team, it requires you to stay, um, you know, stagnant in one place ge- like geographically. <laughs> so, and that's not what I'm doing right now. I'm prioritizing traveling around. Um, so, um, we'll see. Yeah. I, that was the thing that I wanted to talk to you about. Cause I noticed, uh, 
you know, I followed you on Instagram and I noticed it was, it was within the last week or two that you did something. Uh, you, uh, you put a post up about, uh, you know, a one year anniversary. I'm like, what is she celebrating? I have no idea. And, um, and it was basically you celebrated one year of, um, basically packing up and deciding to be a quote unquote digital nomad. Now I want to know exactly what that means, but you decided a year ago just to pack up you and Jasmine and do this. What brought you to this decision and and tell people what exactly you've been doing for the last year and all the places that you have been to. Yeah. Well, it was a perfect storm that led me to this current chapter of traveling around. I um, work for the same dental sales company. Um, I've been with them three and a half years now. And I, my position now is uh, remote. So I was a local rep in Chicago, transitioned to another department where I'm remote. Um, around the same time, my ex and I, who would live together, broke up. He ended up moving out. And I was deciding, you know, do I renew my lease? Do I find a new apartment here in Chicago? It's about to be winter. I hate winter here. And I was like, maybe I should question the status quo a little bit. Like, do I have to stay here for winter? I have this awesome opportunity where I can really work from anywhere. So what if I just moved all my stuff into storage and just rented an Airbnb for a few months somewhere warm and kind of took it from there, see how it goes? You know, what? what's the worst thing that could happen? Yeah. Um, so that's exactly what I did. I mean, there was no real, like guidebook to it I just kind of did some research and thought like well why not and uh ended up moving down to Miami for the winter so I called myself um a millennial snowbird (laughs) and got to avoid Chicago's winter I've done enough of those in my life I didn't need to do another one um and Miami was amazing so much fun and then um, after a few months, I went to Austin, Texas. My brother lives there, so I got to spend some time with him and his wife and still stay warm, um, explore another new city for a few months. Um, and then now I'm in L.A., which I've never spent this much time here before. I had always been on my bucket list to explore the dance community here. So that's what I've been up to here in L.A. Yeah, I've noticed you've, you've done some dance videos. Um, and is this... Is this considering your, like, is this work stuff? Like, what are you doing work-wise? Or is this part Uh, of it? Yes. So, uh, working remote for the dental company, Mm. um, I just work my normal 9 to 5 from my laptop. can be anywhere. I travel to see my accounts about once a month. They're in the Northeast. So, I'll just book, book flights, but that can be from anywhere. So, that works well. And then, the dance classes I've been taking here have just been recreationally like you know you just pay to go take classes from um various like well-known choreographers and um it's good exercise and then it just kind of feeds my my desire to to move my body and dance the way i have my whole life yeah i was gonna say it just seems like this is something to you know keep you dancing keep you moving keep you in you know keep you in shape is this something that uh, i know you had mentioned choreography is something you had in the past but maybe would think about doing it in the future? Like how serious would you be? Or is there an ultimate job for you in the dance world that you would like, is there a dream job in the dance world that you would love to do? Would you love to be like a coach of an NFL dance team or NBA team? 
That was a dream of mine for a really long time. I've put it on the back burner. I have actually applied and interviewed for a couple positions. Um, wasn't a good fit. Um, and I realized how hard that job is, too. Yeah. Um, so it's not something I currently think about, but it's something that I could revisit. I I feel like I'm so young and I have so much time. Um and I just never felt like I was done dancing. So I'm like, maybe I should wait till I truly feel like retired from dancing or else I'm going to be leading a team and be envious and want be, you know, want to wear the uniform with them. I don't think that's <laughs> the right time. So did you ever, uh, did you ever try out for DCC or no? No, I didn't. Never. Um, are you, are you still, like you said, you haven't really certainly haven't hung up your dance shoes and, but are you done, you think, with team stuff, or would you be interested in trying out for, I don't know, Lakers, Rams, Chargers? Right. I, I've considered doing something like Lakers or Heat even. Hmm. Um, I haven't pulled the trigger because that does require me to stay in one city for a whole year, and it is a huge time commitment. Um, and I'm just loving this chapter of exploring and traveling. So it's kind of a cost-benefit analysis. I'm just trying to get the best balance of being able to have the freedom that I was deprived of in my twenties, which I don't regret. Um, and then also still be able to, to dance and have fun and feel like I'm fulfilled in that way. But I have considered it just, I know I'm like running out, maybe running out on time a little bit, but I, I think I still could have it in me if I decided to pull that trigger. Well, I don't, I mean, I don't know the like age ranges on these teams. What are you, are you in your late twenties? I'm 31. You're 31. Okay. Is that, I mean, I don't know. Is that considered older Um, for those teams? um, Both teams I was on, there was like one or two girls in their 30s. Um, But most girls are in their 20s. And I mean, I have no problem with being on a team with girls younger. I mean, I relate to, we're all in the same phase, you know, for the most part, unmarried, no kids. So it's less about an age number, but. It's, and it's um, about how you can dance. Like I've seen your videos. Right. You are, you are a bomb ass dancer. Like there's no doubt it. All you got to do is look at your Instagram. Like Aww, it's not like you are somebody that is okay. Like you're dancing with. Uh, you you put a video up the other day with um someone I see all the time on TikTok dances and come mm-hmm. across on reels. I don't know. I don't know their name off the top of my head, but I think you probably know who I'm talking about. You, uh, Lizzie. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And yeah. so how do you get involved in something like that? You just said, Hey, yeah. I want to be part of this. I want to dance with you guys. Or do you have to prove uh, yourself? Do you have to like yeah, prove yourself to them and like say, Hey, look at what I can do. Like, how does it work? It, it's a dance class. Anybody can go. So if okay. you want to come visit, you can even come take the class with me. Uh-huh. Um, and then <laughs> at the end of class, you know, they'll film because this is 2022, you know, where everything is documented and Instagrammable. Yeah. So they'll film, large groups, small groups, and the, the teacher will pick people to do groups and you just, you just perform in that way. And, um, dancing in LA has been a challenge for me, um, because I am so used to the style of dance that is teach me every single count down to where my pinky goes. And I will, I will do that. And LA is a lot more interpretive. And there's so much more variety. I'm used to training so that we all look the same. Mm. And L.A. is like 
you could be dancing next to someone and they're the same routine looks completely different. It's all about individuality and style and a lot of freestyle, which I'm much less comfortable with because I'm again, we'll practice routines for weeks on end before performing in front of, you know, 80,000 people, but it's perfected and you know, every count that you're doing. And here it's like, you learn a routine and then in the same hour, you perform it your style with your own freestyle. It's just different. And I've, I've always wanted to feel more confident or stronger with that style. So I've kind of just thrown myself into it. Um, and it's been different for sure. I mean, you could have fooled me with some of these videos that you put out and the videos that you have on your Instagram page, because I'm just like, wow, it seems like you're very good at interpretive dance and freestyle. Cause I'm looking at it. I'm like, you fit right in oh, some of the stuff that it's I've seen. Probably, it's probably all in my head. I, and I need to hear that. Thank you for that. I, we're all our own worst critics, right? Like, yeah, I guess I said that no one would ever think that, but in my head, that's what I tell myself. Hang on. I'm watching one of them right now. This is um, with dancing with uh, Samantha. So, oh, okay. so I'm looking at this routine and it does look like you guys are literally in step and doing the same yeah, that's what I like. That's what I'm good. I'm like, tell me the moves and I'll execute. I mean, second to like <laughs> do your own move. I'm like, it's like I don't know a single move. I'm no, I'm just kidding. I'm over exaggerating, but <laughs> it's I get nervous because it's in my head. Like I'm not good at this. You know, when you believe you're not good at something, like you become not good at it. I think you kind of manifest it for yourself a little bit. I'm trying to break through that. Okay, I, I mean, I just I'm literally looking at it as a as I'm talking to you here and um (laughs) there's you could ease i mean that age-wise i don't even care like you could easily be an nba dancer i mean this is the kind of routines i don't know if they would do routines like this but yeah i mean they they i've been i mean i'm a a, uh, dallas mavericks season ticket holder now granted they got rid of their dance team two years ago when everything when everything came down with you know sexual they had a horrible sexual harassment case in their front office and stuff like that so they just said well we're gonna get rid of our dance team but for the years that they did have it because i've had season tickets since 2015 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the mavs dancers were you know a big deal and you know i've watched them during the timeouts and halftime shows and whatnot and this is the type of dance that i saw this is the type of dance like you could easily fit in like i i i just and i'm not just doing that to blow smoke up your ass i'm like this is you're an excellent dancer like you clearly have years and years of training on this Thank you. Yeah, I'm much more confident in the, in the in the dance team side of dance. There's there's lots of different communities, and the videos I don't put up on Instagram are for most of the classes where I am putting myself outside of my comfort zone, learning about crump. You know, like like imagine me, someone who was wearing white boots and pom poms in my hands, like doing crump dance. Like, but it, that stuff is so interesting to me. All the different cultures of dance which it looks maybe stupid on me but i like to be around it to learn it and see it and be inspired by people who are passionate about it here in la um and uh, you know like popping or locking classes Uh, heels classes is a little more my style too but just like all across the board but of course i'll only post the good videos on instagram (laughs) what is what is crump i don't even know what that is Crump is a, it's a style of dance. You'll have to Google it. I, I don't want to miss, um, represent what, how to describe it, but think about like, um, like stomp the yard or like, uh, any of those dance battle type of okay. movies, you know, the Hollywood version of it, but 
it's like it's a style of hip hop that originated in Los Angeles, um, and it's like a lot more freestyle based. That's actually originally what it was before it became a little more commercialized for like the purposes of like teaching a dance class or what have you. Um, but it's like it's kind of like they always have like the stank face. They're like angry. They're like punching and like. Mm. Uh, it's it's hard to describe over the phone. <laughs> I do know. So you'll have to look it up. I do know now. It was created by Tight Eyes. He he created it. Cesar Laron Willis, aka Tight Eyes, was nice. known for the creation of Crump. He is a Crumpographer, and Crump is a dance style created in the year two thousand as a movement by a couple people and pioneered by a few. Okay, so yeah, there's tons of videos out here on it, but I I get the gist of it based just kind of seeing a little quick clip of that. Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, I think that's, I mean, look, like I said, you could easily join a dance team. I think, like you said, it's just, it's the time commitment around it. The fact that Mm -hmm. there isn't, it's a lot of work for very little pay and it's keeping you in one place for a whole season for a team. You know, that's, that's a good, you know, if an NBA team, that's a good minimum six month season. If they don't make the playoffs in six months, if they make it, you're looking at another, another month or two. So yeah. I, I got to believe that that's, you know, the, your one year with the Bulls, something that you grew up loving to, and wanting to do. And then, like you said, it, it sounded like your coach wasn't someone you were real fond of. And you're just like, yeah, I'm out after one year with the Bulls. <laughs> yeah, it was just, yeah. I love the organization. And they actually have turned it around a lot. They they changed the leadership there okay. um, and really took care of that. And I, I'm super proud to see that. Um the coach there is awesome. I actually almost tried out. I ended up getting COVID um, last year. And then that was kind of also the segue of like, okay, maybe I'll just go and travel then if I can't do it again. But um, yeah. Well, how, how different is, I know obviously I've been to, I've been to way more NBA games than NFL games. So I've, you know, I've seen the cheerleaders slash dancers for for NFL games. But I usually don't see the you know you don't get to see the halftime show in NFL games. It's never televised, and like I said, I don't go to many NFL games. What is the major difference between NFL cheerleading and NBA dancing? Yeah, um, I think like a lot of the environment dictates how the performances are being displayed. For example, NFL stadiums are you know eighty thousand people on a and where the sport is played is, is huge, a hundred yards, you know, across yeah. and then some, and, um, you look very small to people way up high. So the, the goal is for very large movements and very much with the pom poms mm. to create the visuals for anyone in, in any seat. Um, whereas NBA is a little bit smaller of a stadium. Um, there's also a, um, hardwood floor so you can do a lot more versus on grass or turf um so it's a lot more intricate it can be more intricate um and more involved because you have the comfort of the hardwood floor and the sneakers versus you know elements yeah and i you know i've always marveled at dance teams and whatever and like i said the Mavericks got rid of theirs two or three years ago, so we don't see that anymore. It's mostly acts mm-hmm. that come out during timeouts and halftime shows yeah. now. So kind of sucks, but it is what it is. Yeah. I understand that they had to do what they had to do. Um, 
there are plenty of people in Dallas that aren't thrilled that they took away the dance team. And um, yeah. I know it's happened. To, I think San Antonio Spurs took away theirs too. Like yeah. it's, it's just kind of going around. Um, but anyway, uh, one last thing before we wrap up here, this is a random question that just popped into my head and I have no idea if you even um, are a fan or not. Um, are you a Taylor Swift fan? <laughs> um, I'm. I would not consider myself a Swifty, as a they Swifty. call themselves. Uh, but I am a fan. I listen to the album and I picked out whatever my favorite songs are. Um, I'm not a Swifty though. I. I will. You know what? I. I have seen her in concert actually. Um, Which one did you see? Uh, you're asking hard questions. It was in uh 2013 or 2014. Oh shit! So you were probably like in the speak now or era like that tour okay yeah and it was a good show like i i remember that i'm being impressed by it um and i have a lot of respect for her and the work that she does it's not it's not music that i it's like nice background music to me i feel like (laughs) like i catch myself like even when i was listening to her new album i would catch myself not paying attention and i'm like okay what is she singing about like i kept it didn't. It doesn't really grasp me the way that I know it does for some other people, and I understand that. But well, if, if you're if you're ever questioning what Taylor Swift is singing about, ninety five percent chance it's probably about a boy. That's right. That's, that's all you have to remember. It's either yes. about an ex or her I, current boyfriend. My, yeah. my favorite song on her new album is "Vigilante," and it's like it's not even like her normal style, which is funny that I like that. But oh, so you like "Vigilante" um, shit? Yeah, that's yeah, "Vigilante" yeah. shit is the name of that title uh any other ones that stick out to you on midnights which ones do you like do you know Uh, that's really that one and then um what's it i'm the problem it's me (laughs) yeah of course because that's on every real yeah no that's yeah anti-hero yeah it's because that's the song on every reel and uh tiktok right now yeah it's recognizable (laughs) yeah yeah okay no i mean that's and that song is i mean the song even you take that part out of it that seems to just be the the one part of the song that's going viral it is a really it's a good song i think it is yeah yeah very catchy so uh katrina thank you so much uh for coming on i really appreciate it i'm glad we can catch up and find out more about somebody you know who lasted one night on the show it's always been my thing to um to find out more about contestants because the show obviously we know is highly edited and everybody has got a story and from your dance background to your current dancing to you know, like you said, packing up a year ago and just deciding I want to move around and do stuff. Uh, your work with Special mm-hmm. Olympics. I mean, I think it's really an interesting story. So I'm glad you got to share that with everyone today. Thank you so much, Steve. It's so easy to talk to you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And I'll be following all your dances. Put all your dances up on Instagram. I want to follow uh, your dance Woo-hoo. career as we go forward. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you for the support. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much to Katrina for coming on. I I don't remember. I don't know if you guys remember her from Peter's season, you know, from like, as the, like, remember her from her face, like, you know, it's not saying that in a mean way, but just like, if I were to say the name Katrina Badowski, do you remember her? But I'm sure you remember her gimmick where she talked about the whole hairless pussy cat. And she presented that and told that to Peter and paused in between each word and, because that would get the effect that it did. But yeah, you go on her Instagram page and uh, Jasmine, her Sphinx is a major part of her life. So um, go check that out. Go check out her dancing videos. Just a really good story. I'm glad I was able to get her on after all these years. So thank you again to Katrina for coming on. And thank you guys for listening. 
Uh, I really appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple podcast. Hopefully, you leave a good rating, leave a good review. Would really help the podcast if you do that. And uh, we'll be back next week with yet a another podcast. So for Katrina Badowski, I'm Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And we will talk to you next week. See you.